everyone, and welcome to That Time When. Hello! The comedy history podcast where we talk about strange things that happened in history. I'm Amelia Edwards, and this is my... Co- Sorry, you just did this really weird look at me, and I was like... It's because this energy drink is so disgusting. It is hideous. Oh my god, peek behind the curtain here. Don't know if we'll keep this in, but who knows. Might as well. Uh, peek behind the curtain here, but when we make these podcasts, we give ourselves an energy drink beforehand, and we're not really big energy drinkers. No, we are not. Um, but we thought we needed something to perk ourselves yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> so we've kind of been trying different flavours each week, and this one is so disgusting. We're not going to name the brand, but never have anything that says Ultra Paradise on yeah, it. Yeah, never. It is genuinely painful to drink, and it's it's a weird colour. It's got ginseng in it. Does it? Yes. I normally like things with ginseng in them. Weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to the podcast. Okay. Oh, so, God, I can taste it. So, taking us away from our hideous unbranded energy drink. Yes. Today, we're actually going to talk about flavours because we're going to talk about cheese. Oh, cool. What are your thoughts on cheese? I wish I was eating some right now to get rid of the taste of this energy drink. It's so blue. It's so blue. Why do they make them in these colours? They come in a can. I don't understand it. I don't know. Anyway, cheese. Okay, so cheese. Yeah. I quite like cheese. Yeah, cheese is good. Cheese is good. We, um... Our friends often do uh, cheese and wine evenings. When we want to pretend that we're even more posh than we are. Exactly, exactly. When we like to pretend that, you know, we're fancy and aren't middle-class... White people living in Norwich. Wait, no, that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> that, that is fancy. <laughs> that is fancy, and it is a middle-class white person in Norwich thing. Mm. Uh, anyway, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a bland food, perhaps. You can have the little spicy ones. You can have the really dark, like um, deep flavors. Speak for yourself. I always go for like vintage when I pick out my cheddar. Oh, that's true. But did you ever think that cheese could get really political? <laughs> Okay, no. Not unless it's that thing where they roll down the cheeses and chase after them and people die all the time. I guess that could get political, but that's about as far as cheese goes. I suppose so. The cheese rolling thing is interesting, but today the cheese I'm going to talk about is called the Cheshire Mammoth Cheese and it has its own Wikipedia page. Nice. Is it made from mammoth milk? It isn't. Oh. It's called Mammoth... Well, what's the point? Why are we even here? <laughs> it's called Mammoth because it's really big. Ah, now you're talking. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it may actually be the first recorded time that anything was called Mammoth because it was big. Really? Yes, and I'm going to talk about that later okay. because that's also political. Oh. <laughs> the name of the cheese is political. The cheese is political. The making of the cheese is political. This is the most political cheese ever. Hmm. Um... I think that the cheese has got a lot going for it, to be honest. Right. I'm really annoyed that it's got a Wikipedia page, and I don't, because <laughs> I'd hope that, in personality-wise, maybe I'm more interesting than a cheese. How come I don't have a Wikipedia page yet, and this cheese does? You're right. Has the energy drink done something Oh, man, you? it's so awful. Oh, oh, God, thank God I finished it. Oh, God, that's disgusting. Okay. It might just be the energy drink talking here. Um, but I think I'm probably being a bit mean to the Cheshire Mammoth cheese. Uh, it is a more political cheese than I could ever hope to be. <laughs> so to start off with, it was a gift made in 1802 mm-hmm. to President Thomas Jefferson 
Okay. And everything I know about Jefferson comes from the musical Hamilton. I was I literally had <laughs> Thomas Jefferson's coming home. That was that was going through my head the moment you said that. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, because I've been taking literally everything from yeah. the musical Hamilton, uh, Thomas Jefferson's just the coolest US president. Yeah. Um, he's really suave and travels a lot. And he's flirtatious. Yeah. And he's also probably into jazz. He's meant to be kind of a villain in that piece, but really, Hamilton's a dickhead. Well, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk a bit about the politics of the time. Oh, okay. Which I've only just learned about. This is not me talking as one who studied this at university. Mm-hmm. This is me talking as one who's been looking into this and finding it interesting. To be honest, I think I'm more into Jefferson's politics than Hamilton's politics. Okay. This comes into the cheese as well, of course, because everything is all about the Cheshire Mammoth cheese. Um, But, like, the main differences between Hamilton and Jefferson is that Hamilton was a Federalist. Right. And Jefferson was a Republican. Okay. And, obviously, the Republican Party, like, of today, goes Mm -hmm. off of that original Republican Party. Right. But you've got to put it in mind of... This is back in the early 18, late 1700s. Right. They just managed to separate themselves from the UK, from Britain. And so the idea with the Republicans of that time was that they did want individual states' rights, Mm -hmm. um, mostly because they're interested in setting up a new democracy, right? Yeah. So they want to have individual states' rights so that the working-class people who are farmers and maybe haven't had loads of education have the right to vote and have a big say in that. Yeah. Whereas Hamilton wants there to be a federal government, he wants everything to be like overreaching, and he wants that because he thinks that the farmers are illiterate and dumb and shouldn't have um, as many voting rights as people who can prove that they're part of the elite. Hmm. No. Okay, no, he just sounds like a bit of a dick. Yeah. I was going to try and think of something to justify it, and it was like, okay, yeah, I I sometimes feel like democracy has some problems that, you know, some people don't really, aren't really informed about issues, but, you know, I wouldn't say they're really dumb, let's not let them vote. (laughs) Yeah, and also bear in mind we're coming off having a monarchy, so it's about how much voting rights do you want people to have? Do you want it to be like ancient Greece? Yeah. Or do you want it to be a new thing? Do you want it to be to be more like France, which is what Jefferson wants because he used to live in Paris, yes, as we know, because yep. of the musical yep. Hamilton. <laughs> um, so this actually becomes really important. Um, I will say one thing against Jefferson, which is that I think he was anti-slavery, but he did have slaves. I think that there were a lot of people like that. Wasn't Washington like that as well, though? I don't know whether Washington was anti-slavery, but he definitely had slaves, yes. I think he was anti-slavery, I think. Mm. Right? This is just vague ideas. I, I can't back it up with anything. But I think there were, there were people, quite a lot of people like that. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know whether it was just like really difficult not to have a slave. Mm. Like, do people keep offering you slaves and you're like, oh, go on then, I'll just have the one. <laughs> is it like being on a low-calorie diet and you're like, oh... <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that's a false equivalence right there <laughs> I know right but I'm just like how can you be anti-slavery and have a slave like mm. there's got to like uh, I, I really don't know especially given that he lived in France which the Re- French Revolution was all about freeing people yeah. right 
They, they, had, they had an almost serfdom thing going on. They had serfdom rather than slavery, and Napoleon basically got rid of serfdom over the whole of Europe, which is one of the good things Napoleon did, mm. off the basis of the French revolutionary ideals. So where's his cheese? No one seems to have given him a cheese, oh. which is really upsetting. That it seems upsetting. like a real American thing to give people cheese. <laughs> They give, the French give America a big old statue. <laughs> America could give France a cheese. That would be nice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, but then again, the French would probably be like, what the f*** is this cheese? Yeah, This fair. is not French cheese. <laughs> okay, so getting back to the cheese. Um, so apparently, loads of people did not like Jefferson because mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who were federalists. Yeah. And part of the reason why they were federalists was because they wanted to maintain a link between church and state. Right. right? Okay. These are all uh, newish Americans. They're all very Christian, particularly mm-hmm. Calvinist. Okay. And they want to make sure that American, America is a Christian land. Mm. Also, they had an issue with him because they did see him as being kind of French. Right. Um, The French Revolution was, at this point, trying to get rid of the church and make a completely rational government. So I want to see Thomas Jefferson's birth certificate. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of this kind of idea. We want to make sure America is... Christian, we want to make sure that we're not going off on a French sort of idea. To be honest, the French Revolution is terrifying, but I'm not sure we've got onto the terrifying bits of it yet. <laughs> okay, however, among all of this anti-Jefferson feeling, yeah. there was one Baptist pastor called Elder John Leland, and he was a major advocate for religious freedom. Hmm. And partly because the Baptists were disliked by the Calvinists, yeah. majority, um, but also he thought that everybody should be allowed to live in America and practice their own religion, including Jewish people yeah. and the Turks yeah. and pagans. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of the point of America and its independence was religious freedom, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, that and taxes. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and representation. I guess it really depends on how you feel about it, because yeah. bearing in mind that a lot of the original Americans were Puritans mm. and their idea of religious freedom was that they wanted to be able to go and practice Puritanism, but that is kind of a judgy religion. Like, granted, lots of branches of religion are judgmental, but the Puritans, I think, were pretty judgmental. Yeah, they've got a lot to answer for thinking about it. Oh, yes. Like... Salem. Well, (laughs) I wasn't just thinking about that. I was thinking about, like, American attitudes today seem to, like... A lot of it's very informed by Puritanism. Mm, absolutely. Their whole complete hatred of anything to do with sexuality. <laughs> do you know there's a street in America where no one has ever played any ball games since the original Americans <laughs> settled there? Wow, okay. Someone needs to just go and play a ball game there then. I mean, we should go play cricket though. Just to annoy them. <laughs> the most English of games. Absolutely. Despite the fact that I think that, you know, India's beaten us like 10,000 times. Hush, dear. <laughs> yeah. Tis the British way. Indeed. Indeed. We play cricket all the time. I haven't played cricket since year four. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever played cricket. Well, my private, nearly entirely all boys school used to play cricket. Wait, what? You know, I went to Sherman College. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Elder John Leland was really on Jefferson's side, and in recognition of Jefferson, he decided to make a gesture of friendliness towards him. 
So, being a pastor for the town of Cheshire in Massachusetts, he asked every member of his congregation who had a cow, which I think was a lot of them, to bring every quart of milk given on a given day, or all the curd it would make, to a great cider mill. Ah, just a cracking cider mill. Like a fab cider mill. (laughs) You've never seen such a good cider mill. (laughs) Also, it always throws me when... American towns and that have the same names as British places. I know, especially because Cheshire is famous for its cheese in the UK. (laughs) It is, and that's the thing. Yeah, no, different Cheshire, still famous for its cheese. (laughs) Okay. Um, So he said, however, the federal cows, so cows belonging to federalists... (laughs) How do you how do you determine the political alignment of a cow? <laughs> if they belong to Federalists. Excuse me, excuse me, madam. Are you a Republican or a Federalist? Oh, I see, I see. Well, you are exempt from giving milk for this great Jefferson cheese. The poor cows. Imagine, that would be so embarrassing. Um, he said that if Federalist cows gave milk, then it would leaven the whole lump with a distasteful savour. <laughs> Which I love it. It's a great fuck you. It really is. Wow. Okay. It's like, no. Federalists, yeah. even your cows are shit. <laughs> Federalists, I hate you and I hate your milk. <laughs> so they made the cider press into a cheese press by putting a big hoop over it. Right. And in the end... Um, this cheese was made using the milk of 900 cows. Oh, okay. Uh, this was apparently way too much milk to make <laughs> even this big a cheese. Okay. Um, and they actually made three smaller cheeses as well, oh, but right. decided to give the biggest one to Jefferson. Oh, they could have done a nice display I with know. like the big cheese and then the three smaller cheeses around it. It'd be really cute. Yeah. Are you thinking about Stargy Valley Grange displays at the moment? I kind of am, yeah. <laughs> um, so they also put Jefferson's motto on the cheese. Okay, yeah. Which is, rebellion to tyrants is equal to obedience to God. That is a good motto. I mean, I want to put that on all my cheeses now. (laughs) Was it in English or or Latin? I think it was in English. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense thinking about it. Mm. They're probably not into the whole, you know, mottos in Latin thing. No. I mean... It's a bit Catholic. It is. I, yeah, that was literally my thought as well. Although it's hard to tell with Jefferson. Like, he was really into science, so he might have been into his Latin from that perspective. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Mm. So, the cheese mm-hmm. weighed 560 kilograms, oh or just over 88 stone, <laughs> and it was four feet wide and right. 15 inches thick. Okay, the weight is impressive. The size is smaller than I expected. I know, right? I mean, it is pretty big. I don't think I've ever seen a four-foot no, cheese. No, but how dense is that cheese? It's got to be pretty damn dense. Like, 560 kilos? That... We're going to be weighing our cheeses now, aren't we, just to work out? Like... Well, I mean, I, I literally picked up some cheese earlier today, and it's 350 grams. Okay. But what's the size of the cheese? I don't, well, we'll, we'll go measure it, <laughs> What a strange life we need. I know. Um, so the thing that actually got me on this was the... So lockdown has come to this, measuring cheeses. <laughs> um, the thing that really got me on this actually was like the width of the cheese, mm. like compared to the thickness of the cheese. Yeah. Like I feel like four foot and 15 inches, like 
it's quite narrow, if you see what I mean. I suppose, but if you think about it in comparison of, say, a sized-up baby pal... Sure. They are they are a lot, a lot wider than they are thick. I guess. But I, I think this is much wider than it is thick. I swear yeah. I've seen a 15-inch thick cheese before. You have? I think so. It's not that. It's not a that. 15-inch thick. That's like that. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, granted, as yeah, okay. I, I think size-wise, it doesn't quite have the proportions of, say, a baby bell. Yeah. But yeah, okay, okay. It is a bit slim. I wouldn't say it's abnormally so. I'm still taken by the weight. I know it's heavy for what it is. How is that something like that size so heavy? I don't know. Maybe their weights were off. Maybe but... they just like changed it. It wasn't. It wasn't a cheese. It was just fucking cement or something. <laughs> I mean, maybe the thing is that we have monarchist cows in the UK. And so their cheese is not so dense. Ah, okay, yeah. I mean, putting this into context, I've got a weight set in the garden, and that goes up to 140 kilos. Yeah. So this is, what, uh, more than three times as heavy as all of that. Yes. That's bad. (laughs) It is mad, isn't it? It is mad. Okay, I need to stop. I'm quite hung up on the weight of this cheese (laughs) compared to the size, but we should continue. Okay, so the cheese's weight is actually important. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I'll keep talking about it. (laughs) 500 and... No, go on. Uh, It was so big that it could not be safely transported on wheels. Mm -hmm. Um, So they put it on a series of sleds and boats to make its 500-mile trip to Washington, D.C., which took it three weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a heavy cheese. It's a like, heavy cheese. Okay, okay. <laughs> genuinely, are you sure it's not 56 kilos? I think so. Give me a second. Um, I, I just want us to look this up. No, no, you. it was... I, I did a trans... I did it I know, pounds. I know, but I, I would like... It was 1,200 and something pounds. No, not Skyrim. <laughs> The Cheshire Mammoth Cheese Bowl. Interesting. Yeah, but that is actually from Mammoths. Oh, okay. <laughs> My God, you're right. I am right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Let's continue with this. I just wanted us to check before, like, anyone was like, um... How dare you? How <laughs> dare you be wrong about the size of our cheese? Well, I mean, to be fair, we're a history podcast. Yeah, that's so, true. So, like, we, we've got to try and be as accurate as possible. Obviously, neither of us are professional historians yeah uh you you've got a degree but like you don't do it for a living but we should still strive for accuracy sure so we which have... i did yes yeah so to confirm we did just look it up and it is indeed yeah 560 kilos yes okay so Apparently, the Federalists decided to make fun of the Cheshire Baptists and Jefferson by giving the cheese a name and they called it the Mammoth Cheese. And this is one of those insults that only makes sense if you think back in history. Right, because at the moment it's not an insult, it's just a description. It is. But back in the late 1700s, people knew about mammoths, mm. but nobody had ever decided to use the word mammoth to mean huge before. Right. However, Thomas Jefferson was obsessed with mammoths. 
Man's gonna have a hobby. (laughs) He genuinely was. Like, I got way too deep into this. There's this amazing article on Atlas Obscura, if you're interested in why he was so obsessed with mammoths. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he talked about them loads. And friends would actually um, spend loads of money trying to post him mammoth teeth when they found them. And... When he became president, he used federal money <laughs> to buy two complete mammoth skeletons and spent his time, like, lying out on the floor, uh, putting these skeletons together in what is now the White House, which was called the President's House at the time. Right. I mean, it's got to be a stressful job, so I'm sure you've got to get some ways to relax somehow. Some people might do gardening, some mm-hmm. people might do baking. Mm-hmm. Jefferson put together mammoths in, like, a model kit. It was a source <laughs> of pride, okay? So mm. to him, the mammoth was really, really important <laughs> because there was this French scientist at the time who decided to raise the question of why American animals are so rubbish. <laughs> what? Like, just why are they bad? <laughs> such an insult. I know. <laughs> hey, America, your animals are shit. He apparently didn't mean to insult America at all. He was thinking about taxonomy and how to like sort that out at the time. So, what did he mean by bad? So, the idea was right in the old world which includes Africa, usefully for our Frenchmen. Mm -hmm. In the old world, animals are really big. You get lots of big animals. You Mm -hmm. get things like elephants and giraffes and, you know, buffalo and stuff, I guess. Do we get buffalo or is it bison or something? We get some kind of big... Was buffalo in America, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think they didn't realise that there were buffalo in America at this point. Right. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's... They're very East Coast. Yeah, this, this is not Westward expansion time. It is not. No. Um, okay, so he's saying, right, so America only has rubbish tiny animals <laughs> and their bears are smaller than ours. Right. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Like, again, I'm not sure if you get grizzlies on the East Coast. They're quite big, aren't they? I mean, they are, but um, you're looking, probably going further north-west than mm-hmm. they would have been at that point for, like, proper grizzlies, Kodiak bears, and things like that. Like, if they'd encountered anything, I think it probably would have been black bears. Yeah. Although even then, I don't think they would have encountered that many. I'm not entirely sure. And black bears are pretty damn cute. Black bears are cute. They look cuddly. But then, I mean, you're comparing them to, like, Eurasian brown bears, which are Mm. hefty boys. Yeah, exactly. So why... So his question was, why are... This Frenchman, right? His question was, why are the American animals so small? Right. Compared to the whole of the rest of the world that we've discovered so far. This went on onto this kind of general feeling, like, the reason why American animals are so small, right, is to do with the land. Okay. It can't sustain things in the way that the old world can. Mm. So it can't sustain democracy. <laughs> That's the leap. Okay. I know, right? Um, <laughs> like, literally, apparently, uh, at some point, um, Benjamin Franklin mm. decided to disprove this whole shitty idea by um, going, okay, you're saying that uh, things in America are naturally smaller and weaker than things in Europe. Um, 
can all the Americans in the room with this very small Frenchman please stand up? <laughs> and they were like, okay. And these Americans obviously were, you know, corn-fed Americans, yeah. like, quite big. And the Frenchmen were quite small yeah. because, you know, at the time Frenchmen were quite small. Yeah, well, malnutrition. And exactly. That. <laughs> it's a terrible class inequality. Go and do that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Jefferson had it in mind... That mammoths, because they had found mammoth bones in America, so he had it in mind that you would be able to find mammoths if you went far enough west. Right. Which makes sense, because they hadn't dis- explored the rest of the west, they hadn't discovered the buffalo yet, or maybe they had. And like... So this fueled the westward expansion, finding mammoths. It actually did. <laughs> no! Well, no, but it helped. <laughs> okay. So he just genuinely believe that something about having mammoths would end a, lend an air of legitimacy to his country because if America could support mammoths then it could obviously support democracy it wouldn't fail right I feel like they're taking this metaphor to like everyone is taking this metaphor way too far oh yeah it is not even a good metaphor <laughs> arable land does not make for democratic systems no, I mean, okay, like, we're in England, yes. and there's a lot of arable land, like, yeah. part of the point of England's big part in history is the rain, right? Yeah. We did not have democracy for a very long while. Okay, granted, we didn't have democracy, but we did have a lot of, like, uprisings and a stronger working class than, or, like, farming class than a lot of other places that had less arable land. Hmm. I think there might be something to this. Ah, but Iceland... Oh. Iceland does not have a great deal of arable land and has had one of the longest running democracies. Okay, yeah, you win. That's all right. Yes! <laughs> point to me! Okay, so he believed in the mammoth to the point where he did ask the Lewis and Clark mission, part of the Westworld expansion, <laughs> to keep an eye out for some. He nice. genuinely went up to them and was like, guys, <laughs> tell me if you find mammoths. <laughs> because I got a real boner for mammoths right here. So... <laughs> Obviously, um, Thomas Jefferson's like quite scientific in his outlook, yeah. um, like for the time. Yeah. Um, and so you've got to imagine these like early American Christian, in the sort of way that you rely on God, uh, politicians, kind of having a go at him. Like the mammoth is part of his like scientific rational outlook, yeah. as opposed to like Christian believing in God. We're going to survive because. God rather than we're going to survive because science outlook and we've got to imagine them going up to him being like oh so you've got a mammoth cheese Jefferson how's the hunt for the real mammoth going Jefferson insulting people was harder in those days it really was they had to make do with what they had yeah they could have just called him a twat these days (laughs) and also Jefferson showed both that he was pretty cool and that the nickname was really crap um, by taking it and running with it Nice. Like, and apparently so did other people. So, as the mammoth cheese was doing its journey, and people were like, uh, the mammoth cheese, <laughs> yeah. Um, people started advertising, like their regular shopkeepers started advertising their products as mammoths. So they were like, we've got a mammoth pumpkin. Ah, okay. So, like, down the east coast of America, as this thing makes its journey, yeah. people start adopting the word mammoth to mean big. That's really cool. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's kind of an interesting piece of yeah. etymology there. Yeah, okay. Um, so... Because it, it seems like it's an obvious thing, you know, mammoths are huge, so we describe something as mammoth. Yeah. It's really interesting to think that like it wasn't a term used 
until this cheese. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's interesting because it's not actually as obvious as you think. Like, people hadn't really seen mammoths. Mm. Why don't we say, like, dinosaur-sized or yeah. something? And it's because Thomas Jefferson didn't care about dinosaurs as much as he did about mammoths. Hmm. Jefferson kept the mammoth cheese in the president's house for several years. Mm-hmm. Several years. He did not have a fridge. And <laughs> no, that cheese is going to hum. Um, and he served it at presidential dinners, even though after three years it was considered far from good. Right. And these are the words of Senator William Plumer of New Hampshire, who ate the cheese in 1804. I mean, you can obviously scrape cheese when it gets a bit mouldy, and like mm-hmm. the cheese underneath is still good to eat. But when you're dealing with a mammoth cheese, that's a lot of scrapings right there. Yeah, and we've got to think, this is Washington, D.C., which, as far as I've heard, is a bit of a swampy town. Oh, my God, yes. This would have probably been around the time when it was, like, genuinely a swamp and cesspit, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. Didn't people keep getting typhoid in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, there was that whole thing about, yeah, typhoid fever from from a literal cesspit outside the White House. I don't really think you want to be keeping a cheese in those conditions. No. Bearing in mind, that that may have come a bit later. I I don't fully know the timings of it. 1804, possibly. Possibly. Mm. I'd have to look into it. It's still not a good time to keep a cheese in a swamp like condition maybe that's a theme for another episode that time when the white house was literally a toilet yeah Yeah, we'd have to tie that in with Versailles as well though have you heard about Versailles no basically this is back in the days before toilet hygiene right um so you used to gentlemen and ladies used to be encouraged to poop wherever pretty much Mm. the fountains Oh my god, no! Yes. The fountains! The fountains. Oh, that's so gross! Oh god, can we get back to the horrible cheese? <laughs> yes, let's get back to this hideous cheese. Okay, so we're coming towards an end of the tale. Jefferson was very polite about the cheese. Yeah. Um, apparently, Thomas Jefferson hated getting presents. Okay. Like, he felt that that was you know, unpolitical, undemocratic for the president to be given such a big present. Yeah, I I thought he was going to be one of those annoying people who, like, doesn't accept. But okay, he's got, like, a political reason. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So, actually, he paid um, the people of Cheshire half the value, like, more than half the value of the cheese. Oh, that's nice. And he cut a slice for them officially and gave Mm. it back to them. Um, they went, no, we're not eating that. <laughs> Jesus, have you seen it? I mean, at this point, like, at the point when he accepted it, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it had only been, like, travelling down the river for three weeks. <laughs> I just, uh, okay. Times I, were different. Maybe I mean, it was okay. Yeah, yeah, considering my digestive tract, I wouldn't be eating that, but... <laughs> No, but considering your digestive tract, I think you would probably have died quite early on <laughs> in the 1800s. Yeah, fair. <laughs> we all would. It was a dangerous time. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm afraid, though, that I can't find out exactly what happened oh, to the mammoth cheese in the end. It's um, still around. <laughs> it seems to have eventually been thrown into the Potomac River by the servants. How did they lift it? <laughs> it would have been a lot smaller by this yeah, point. Suppose, like, yeah. imagine that every single presidential dinner you serve this cheese at the end of it, right? <laughs> a bit of fondue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, apparently Thomas Jefferson was a man of taste and, you know, had been travelling around Europe. Mm. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know if fondue had been invented by this <laughs> I point. don't think he had. <laughs> 
But it was very big in the 90s. It was. <laughs> and he was futuristic. <laughs> um, however, as a footnote, like yeah. even more people adopted the idea of giving Thomas Jefferson mammoth food. Okay. So on April the 3rd, 1804, the chief baker in the Navy presented him with a mammoth loaf. It was 12 feet in length, 2 feet in breadth, and a suitable height. <laughs> uh, which was eaten with a similar amount of beef, as well as a lot of wine and liquor. I can just imagine being Thomas Jefferson and hearing that someone has got you a gift and just being like, Is it another giant f***ing bit of food? I, I'm just a normal sized human. <laughs> This is so wasteful. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of the original commentators on the Cheshire cheese yeah. um, did call it a um, a symbol of the folly of man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with him on that. <laughs> Although I wish that oh we could describe God. things as, um, as part as a statue to man's folly more often. <laughs> Be like, that cheese pretty much every dinner in the White House currently. <laughs> yeah, doesn't Trump serve like fast food? I did hear that one time he was entertaining some basketball players yeah, and like had ordered him from McDonald's. <laughs> now apparently his reason he has a reason for that, which is that he's very worried about getting poisoned. And if you order in from different takeaway restaurants then you can't God, the French Revolution cannot come fast enough back to America. I know. They should have gone for it. They should have gone full Jeffersonian and ended up having everyone executed by the guillotine. Yeah. Poison. Like, that's not something that... It's so old-fashioned and I love it. Is he going to employ a food taster next? I bet he already has I bet he has. As soon as I said it, it's like, he probably does have one. With the story of the massive loaf, Mm. it is a bit hard to tell whether this is accurate. So I've been scouring the internet on this one. Okay. One account says that the Cheshire cheese was eaten with this massive loaf of bread, but then I found the original uh, post from the New York Evening Post. Right. And I'm pretty sure that they were quite anti-Republican. Right. And quite anti-Jefferson. Right. Um, Like... It's got phrases in it like the president sauntered in among them in the unceremonious style of a true Republican. Okay, so they want to like paint him in a bad light by saying he ate a giant cheese sandwich. Yes, <laughs> like they describe the way he ate this bread he in this really... his, He unhinged his jaw like a snake <laughs> and swallowed it whole. Like, they describe it in this really weird way, like, so mad. Like, they go that he ultimately, he made himself a sandwich from the giant loaf and Mm. and the beef and ultimately dipped it in the salt and the mustard. So he had a sort of, like, disassembled sandwich. Yeah. Mm, Okay. I I think they're trying to be insulting, but I'm not sure what the insult (laughs) is. So, so you're not sure about the existence of this loaf, though? I think that the loaf was real. I'm pretty okay. sure the loaf was real, but I think that the way they tell the story is, right. like... I mean, 12 foot long, though, that's going to require either baking in multiple batches or a really big bread oven. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe they would have had a big bread oven because this guy is the chief baker for the Navy. Oh, uh, I suppose so. So you'd need to make loads of batches. Yeah. Given that everyone ate bread all the time back in those days as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough. That's that's my concern dealt with. Mm. <laughs> um, so that's the end, really, to my story of the absolutely stonkingly massive cheese that Thomas Jefferson was given. Nice. Further footnotes, though. I guess we actually first heard about this cheese because of a cartoon by the inestimable Kate Beaton. Hark a vagrant. Ah, please check out her work if you don't already know it. She's incredible. Yeah, she doesn't do Hark a vagrant anymore, unfortunately, but there's a massive backlog of it and it's all amazing. It's wonderful and a good way of learning a bit about American and Canadian history, especially. Yes, yeah. Um, like, like the time. <laughs> Like the time that oh no I shouldn't actually say in case we do an episode yeah don't don't say because <laughs> we've got a lot of ideas coming from Kate Beaton that's true actually yeah um, she mentions the fact that Andrew Jackson a later president also was given a gigantic cheese oh okay yeah um, and she suggests although I'm not sure if this is true that he did it like that he got it specifically because he wanted to beat Jefferson and get an <laughs> even bigger cheese. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be great. Oh, I would love it if presidents started out doing each other with progressively bigger cheeses. Oh yes. So, I guess this is an end to our story. Mm. I really fancy some very fresh cheese, like definitely not cheddar. I don't know if I fancy cheese at this stage. <laughs> I've just got this image of this honking, mouldy <laughs> thing in a swamp. Are you feeling a bit more inclined towards the ultra paradise no. energy drink? No, I'm never going to be inclined to that energy drink. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and this story of a massive, massive cheese. Um, please like and subscribe on any of the listening devices you are using. Um, platforms even. That's quite right. Um, <laughs> If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. That would be really helpful and mean that we can get our cheese stories told to even more people. Mm. And thank you to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, and any other music that we've used in this episode. And thank you to you for listening as well. Thank you for coming along with us on this cheesy, cheesy journey. You know, this is an interesting episode because I, I we've done a lot about, like, individuals and stuff like that and it usually ends with them dying yeah it's like okay bit of a bummer end and this one we've just got the mysterious vanishing cheese so <laughs> probably if, thrown into the potomac river probably but it could have mutated after all it'd be hella moldy at that point so keep an eye in your back gardens in case a giant cheese wanders by because you may have found the cheshire mammoth cheese <laughs>